0: Welcome to do the right thing your weekly writing prompt podcast i'm alexandra and i'm jarvis and we are two writers on the verge of death but unable to die until we write the perfect story Mm -hmm. so to
1: further push us towards our our deaths and also get better at our craft we are issuing a challenge each week you sit down and and write a complete short story using three or four randomly
0: generated words then you send them to this podcast uh we read them we read a story uh every week we talk about what we learned in writing it and then we talk talk about stories that you sent in exactamundo we're simply here to help
1: you do the right thing
0: a doof, a doof media, media production. production. So uh, y'all have may may have noticed a, a tiny uh, change to the intro, which is my name oh, is different, really? oh, which is okay, yeah, which yeah. is fun. Al- although uh, a second ago we recorded the <laughs> intro and I accidentally <laughs> said my old name. And then corrected myself, and it was very awkward, so hey, maybe maybe I'll cl- include that post-credits because it's funny. It um, is all a part of transition, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, uh, officially, I, I mean, I've come out on everything else, but I'm coming mm-hmm. out here uh, as non-binary. I did that yesterday Woo! for the most part, so thanks. Um yeah, I'm so, so happy for you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so I'm going by Alexandra now, and you can use any nicknames except for uh, Andy and Al. Please... Don't call me Andy or Al. Especially not Al. <laughs> Neither, please. However, uh, all I mean, part of the reason uh, Alexandre is my middle name. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically Alexandra. Um, and it has a ton of nicknames from it. And so, you know, I hate making decisions. So that's kind of like my middle road of like, hey, I have tons of options with the yeah. nicknames. It's like I'm not picking a name at all. Yeah. Right? It could be so, Lexi. Uh, yeah, you could call be... me. Uh, Alfred? No, it can't. Uh, mm, I don't. I mean, you could. That's. It's not Al or Andy, so I'll allow. It. You could do Alex. You could do Lex. You can do Lexi. You can do, um, uh, Zandra, or Sandra. Alexis. I mean, I prefer. I prefer the the X's. Alexis is fine. Mm-hmm. You could do. You could do just Zan or Zans. Zan. You could do whatever. Because there's Dra or Raw either Ra. <laughs> can i yeah, please call you Ra? you yeah. can you can i do Wait, identify so like, somewhat so like with raw. raw wasn't
1: that the name
0: of a pharaoh uh he's a he's um uh the a one of the forms These. of the sun god basically okay. he's <laughs> he's like the main main guy he although he's like basically in heaven he doesn't really do a ton other than the sun stuff mm, osiris is more of a um, down to earth kind. Um, I know a lot. So ISIS apparently, it was really annoying that it, we should have just called it ISIL. That's really annoying because ISIS is actually like really, really. She's a badass goddess. Like mm-hmm. she's a trickster, but also like benevolent. And basically, um, during um during the the sort of uh, Hel- Hellenic times when mm-hmm. when Greece, um, was when there was Greeks in, in charge of Egypt. Um, Isis, the cult of Isis kind of went everywhere, and she kind of became almost like a monotheistic religion, where oh, really? she basically, like, like people were living polythe- polytheistically, right? They prayed all, the, all these gods, but Isis, because she, like, her entire thing is, or, or, or became protection and fertility and so many other things, mm-hmm. she's basically, like, the only person you had to pray to. So people, like, just prayed to her and to none of the other gods. Oh, so, which which means that, I guess, she gained she, I, in, like, power and popularity. Yeah. Yeah, she basically was was just monotheistic to some people. Wow, um, which is interesting. That can anyway. Be you. Um, yeah, so <laughs> you could call me Ra or whatever else. <laughs> um, I'm I'm fine with any pronouns. I don't I don't have like super hard dysphoria or anything like that. So if mm-hmm. you if anyone makes a mistake, it's totally okay. Um, I mean, like he doesn't hurt that much, but they and she are like slightly preferable. Um, so yeah, that's, right. that's 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 me coming out. We're done. Four minutes. That's all I <laughs> well, need. Well
1: well, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Yes. Does does this make you angry, maybe vengeful, wrathful, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Like about just, you know, this this uh this entire thing, you know? Like does it make you want revenge? Wait to what? To who? To whom? It's a transition.
0: It... What? Because the main topic. Oh, the because the, cause the, the theme cause the theme was well, that was more for last week. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does okay. it does it make me want to die? Kinda. Okay, so, so so it does make you want to die. Maybe think of just a of little death, bit, a
1: little bit. Okay, a okay.
0: little bit of death. A little bit of, You can kind of think of it as my manhood dying. Mm, mm-hmm. And just kind of shrivels up and the, falls off. I'm just kidding. And it's the manhood
1: fine. being like the soldier part of you. That's and right. And you meet death
0: as a soldier. And then I, yeah, this is really, really good, excellent transition. It's going to be, it, this is even better than mine, Will will go. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you haven't
1: picked it up, this week we will be reading the story Soldier and Death by Eugene Field. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> So is there anything that we really need to know before hopping, hopping into it? Um, Any sort of background or can we just
0: go full speed ahead? Nope. Uh, It's a pretty classic story. Um, It plays off a bunch of tropes uh, Mm -hmm. about death and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's just get into it. Sure. Test, test, test. That's about right. Maybe a little bit louder. No, it should be fine because it goes above 20. Okay. So this is Death and the Soldier by Eugene Field. A soldier who had won imperishable fame on the battlefields of his country was confronted by a gaunt stranger, clad in all black and wearing an impenetrable mask. "'Who are you that you dare to block my way?' demanded the soldier. Then the stranger drew aside his mask, and the soldier knew that he was death. "'Have you come for me?' asked the soldier." If so, I will not go with you, so go your way alone. But Death held out his bony hand and beckoned to the soldier. No, cried the soldier, resolutely. My time is not come. See, here are the histories I am writing. No hand but mine can finish them. I will not go till they are done. I have ridden by your side day and night, said Death. I've hovered about you on a hundred battlefields, but no sight of me could chill your heart till now, and now I hold you in my power. Come. And with these words, death seized upon the soldier and strove to bear him hence. But the soldier struggled so desperately that he prevailed against death, and the strange phantom departed alone. Then, when he had gone, the soldier found upon his throat the imprint of death's cruel fingers. So fierce had been the struggle. And nothing could wash away the marks, nay, not all the skill in the world could wash them away, for they were disease, lingering, agonizing, fatal disease. But with quiet valor, the soldier returned to his histories, and for many days thereafter he told upon them as the last and best work of his noble life. "'How pale and thin the soldier is getting,' said the people. "'His hair is whitening, and his eyes are wary.' He should not have undertaken the histories. The labor is killing him. They did not know of his struggle with death, nor had they seen the marks upon the soldier's throat. But when the physicians came to him and saw the marks of death's cruel fingers, they shook their heads and said the soldier could not live to complete the work upon which his whole heart was set. And the soldier knew it, too, and many a time he paused in his writing and laid his pen aside and bowed his head upon his hands and strove for consolation in the thought of the great fame he had already won. But there was no consolation in all this. So when death came a second time, he found the soldier weak and trembling and emaciated. "'It would be vain of you to struggle with me now,' said death. "'My poison is in your veins, and see, my dew is upon your brow.' But you are a brave man, and I will not bear you with me till you have asked one favor which I will grant. "'Give me an hour to ask the favor,' said the soldier. "'There are so many things, my histories and all. Give me an hour so that I may decide what I shall ask.' And as death tarried, the soldier communed with himself. Before he closed his eyes forever, what boon should he ask of death?' And the soldier's thoughts sped back over the years, and his whole life came to him like a lightning flash, the companionship and smiles of kings, the glories of government and political power, the honors of peace, the joys of conquest, the din of battle, the sweets of a quiet home life upon a western prairie, the gentle devotion of a wife, the clamor of noisy boys, and the face of a little girl. Ah, there his thoughts lingered and clung. Time to complete our work, our book, our histories, counseled ambition. Ask death for more time to do this last and crowning act of our great life. But the soldiers' ears were deaf to the cries of ambition. They heard another voice, the voice of the soldier's heart, and the voice whispered, Nellie, Nelly, Nelly." That was all, no other words but those, and the soldier struggled to his feet and stretched forth his hands and called to death, and, hearing him calling, Death came and stood before him. "'I have made my choice,' said the soldier. "'The books,' said Death with a scornful smile. "'No, not them,' said the soldier, "'but my little girl, my Nelly. "'Give me a lease of life till I have held her in these arms, "'and then come for me, and I will go.' Then Death's hideous aspect was changed. His stern features relaxed, and a look of pity came upon them. And Death said, It shall be so. And saying this, he went his way. Now, the soldier's child was far away, many, many leagues from where the soldier lived, beyond a broad, tempestuous ocean. She was not, as you might suppose, a little child, although the soldier spoke of her as such. She was a wife and a mother. And yet, even in her womanhood, she was to the soldier's heart the same little girl the soldier had held upon his knee many and many a time, while his rough hands weaved prairie flowers into her soft, fair curls. And the soldier called her Nellie now, just as he did then, when she sat on his knee and prattled of her her dolls. This is the way of the human heart. It had been noised about that the soldier was dying, and that Nellie had been sent for across the sea— all the people vied with each other in soothing the last moments of the famous man, for he was beloved by all, and all were bound to him by bonds of patriotic gratitude, since he had been so brave a soldier upon the battlefields of his country. But the soldier did not heed their words of sympathy, the voice of fame, which in the past had stirred a fever in his blood and fallen most pe- pleasantly upon his ears, awakened no emotion in his bosom now. The soldier thought only of Nelly, and he awaited her coming. An old comrade came and pressed his hand and talked of the times when they went to the wars together, and the old comrade told of this battle and of that, and how such a victory was won and such a city was taken. But the soldier's ears heard no sound of battle now, and his eyes could see no flash of saber nor smoke of war. So the people came and spoke words of veneration and love and hope, and so with quiet fortitude but with a hungry heart, the soldier waited for Nelly, his little girl. She came across the broad, tempestuous ocean. The gulls flew out far from the land and told the winds, and the winds flew further still and said to the ship, Speed on, O ship, speed on thy swift, straight course, for you are bearing a treasure to a father's heart. Then the ship left forward in her pathway, and the waves were very still, and the winds kept whispering, Speed on, O ship, till at last the ship was come to port, and the little girl was clasped in the soldier's arms. Then, for a season, the soldier seemed quite himself again, and people said, "'He will live,' and they prayed that he might. But their hopes and prayers were in vain. Death's seal was on the soldier, and there was no release. The last days of the soldier's life were the most beautiful of all, but what a mockery of ambition and fame and all the grand, pretentious things of life they were. They were the triumph of a human heart." And what is better or purer or sweeter than that? No thought of the hundred battlefields upon which his valor had shown conspicuous came to the soldier now, nor the echo of his eternal fame, nor even yet the murmurs of a sorrowing people. Nellie was by his side, and his hungry, fainting heart fed on her dear love, and his soul went back with her to the years long agone. Away beyond the western horizon, upon the prairie, stands a little home over which the vines trail. All about it is the tall, waving grass, and over yonder is the swale with a legion of chattering blackbirds perched on its swaying reeds and rushes. Bright wild flowers bloom on every side. The quail whistles on the pasture fence, and from his home in the chimney corner, the cricket tries to chirp an echo to the lonely bird's call. In this little prairie home, we see a man holding on his knee a little girl who is telling him of her play as he smooths her fair curls or strokes her tiny velvet hands. Or perhaps she is singing him one of her baby songs or asking him strange questions of the great wide world that is so new to her. Or perhaps he binds the wild flowers she has brought into a little nosegay for her new gingham dress. Or, but we see it all. And so, too, does the soldier, and so does Nelly, And they hear the blackbird's twitter, and the quail's shrill call, and the cricket's faint echo. And all about them is a sweet, subtle, holy fragrance of memory. And so at last, when death came and the soldier fell asleep forever, Nelly, his little girl, was holding his hands and whispering to him of those days. Hers were the last words he heard. And by the peace that rested on his face when he was dead, you might have thought that the soldier was dreaming of a time when Nellie prattled on his knee and made him weave the wildflowers in her curls.
1: Alright, so so that was a fantastic story. I mean, as I was reading it, I never really expected where it was gonna go. I mean, a a lot of stories like like this, normally the protagonist kind of tricks death into not taking them but in this one the the thing that that really made it was that this pro this soldier was kind of plagued with this sick with this sickness on his 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 neck for the rest of his life to wear this this sort of final wish to to death where normally someone would try to trick death for the very last time this seemed a a lot more of an honest wish of wanting to to die uh in the arms of your of
0: your angel. daughter yeah yes. of
1: an angel so <laughs> I, so uh, i don't know i think this sort of subverted what i what i expected going going into it but because of that the story is so re- memorable and impactful
0: yeah, so I, I definitely think there's sort of a subversion here where, mm-hmm. um, yeah, death just kind of takes pity on them, and there's not a, like a he. Th- this is where the character actually makes a good choice for once. It doesn't doesn't do the ambitious thing, right? Because yeah. it would normally be like, uh, the normal story, or at least the one you would expect now, is that he he actually does pick the books, mm-hmm. and uh, to write the histories, and then writes them, and then actually realizes that he's super unfulfilled and like you know, never sees his daughter again and is super sad about it.
1: Cause I mean, death, like, ec- like uh, when, uh, when, when death came to him for the second time, death ec- expected that, right? Like, like, mm-hmm. didn't he say like, Oh, you like want to choose the books. And like, even death was, was, was shocked that, that he didn't try and get one over on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, I like how the, the first one was literally just, they wrestled. <laughs> he was really good <laughs> yeah. at wrestling. They're, wrassled, They're wrassled wrassle. death to the ground. Um so so let's let's expand the, the, the theme a bit more uh from this particular thing. So so the challenge this week that we want to do is on death, which is basically mm-hmm. just just write a story about the concept of death. Right. Yeah. Um there's a there's a lot of themes that usually go to it, um, and this is kind of just a super classic one of someone trying to avoid it. And trying to prolong their life and then finding, you know, what actually is important. Yes. Um,
1: But I mean, when it comes to writing about death, something to take from this story is that you don't really have to follow a sort of hackneyed plan. I mean, you can use tropes very well, but I think the thing that, that that really separates this story is that it has its own spin. That it does kind of dwell in the... ...sentimentality of what someone goes through when they are face, f- faced with death. I mean, throughout this this story, we know very well that this person is going to, to die, and they do know that too. And I think a strong turning point, and something that that, that y'all can really take heed to, is that when the main character fully ec- fully accepts his own death that's when the sort of beauty kind of starts within this story.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's when, when he accepts death, that's when he realizes what's actually important to him. And he stops, you know, you can kind of view, um, writing those books to be remembered forever. as a sort of like attempt toward immortality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him turning towards his daughter is more like leaving a legacy with other people rather than himself. Yeah. Um, and and more living in the moment, I think. Although I don't know if living in the moment, because he actually does think about the past a lot. But you know, thinking on, on what's actually here rather than working towards some some future that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Um. That, so that's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that's a that's a fairly common one. A lot of people, you know, make the point. Uh, a lot of stories make the point of you know seeking for immortality is you know fruitless and actually leads to you being more unhappy in the end. Than if you just enjoyed the time that you did have, um, I I know some people would disagree with that, and those are valid, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> the, the death can be horrifying.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, they're they're all valid, but like as we like, I mean, as you said, the journey towards immortality, the the journey towards a larger, um, not totally con concrete, um, end uh does lead you to being un unhappy. And I mean it, it like goes back to the adage that, that, that the journey itself is more important than the des- than the destination. So thank you, Jarvis, for, for saying that <laughs> I, I like, was gonna do it the um other way,
0: but uh uh-huh. it doesn't yeah. apply here. Uh-huh. Okay. Great. Good. That's that's great. <laughs> um yeah, so so there's a lot of options here. Uh you can, you know, follow these sort of uh tropes. I think they're a, they're a good guiding point or, you know, do any other sort of jumping off point. You can have death as a character or just as a concept that that's going around. I know mm-hmm. it can be a depressing topic. Um and I know it's it's Christmas month and it's everything's dark. So I I understand, mm-hmm. you know, if this is if you don't want to write about death, that's okay. Um, but that you know, fine. challenging yourself to to look at you know uncomfortable feelings to you know actually think about what it might be like to die and you know maybe get a step closer to coming to terms with it, it maybe is positive. Yeah, because um, I mean, really, be we... careful. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't try to uh you know write what you know and <laughs> die first. I don't <laughs> want you to do that. Please don't do that. What a Thank what you. a novel that.
1: That would be, though, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a post-mortem novel. Wow. Um, But no, I mean, that is definitely one major journey that we all do go on as humans. Is that we eventually have to understand that with all great things, there is this sort of natural end. And this ending that sort of uh, eludes us, right? Mm -hmm. So I think even though it is uncomfortable, as you said, I try to feel and look at things that don't always make me happy but can lead me to greater understanding.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a a fact that mm-hmm. people people will die and things will end. And actually that's that's a good point that um death is just sort of a another extension of just endings in general. Yeah. Um that everything ends good and and bad. Um which, uh, kids, it sucks as a concept uh, sometimes. So mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, so writing about it, you know, makes you be able to deal with it better. Definitely. Um, definitely. I don't know how much more, I, I think we're already starting to repeat ourselves. I don't know how much mm-hmm. more I have to say about the concept of death. But uh, yeah, that's that's the challenge for this week. Nice.
1: So let's go ahead and roll on into our listener submitted story section. As you know, we are going to spoil all of these stories that we are going to be talking about. So, after we announce them, pause, go read them, and then come back so you can listen to us talk about them. That's right. Alright, so, the stories we are going to be reading this week are by... Ace of Sword, No Goodbye, Matt Said Words, Kamikaze, Kamikaze Tomato, and Wook and whoop against, uh,
0: against the machine which is a good it's a That's good an amazing name amazing um I really, really dig good crop of stories uh, mm-hmm. really really like these <laughs> yeah uh, all right so first up is by ace of sword with monarch so we have this herald um uh trotting through the forestry district and we can already tell that he's a a little bit entitled um he's mm-hmm. looking at these this forest and like uh commenting that only the eccentrics and and misfits you know worthless people live here they might as well cut down the woods and put something useful (laughs) um he's going towards the smith's house and again we get another beat of him kind of uh being full of himself when he just like leaves the footmen to to try to catch up while he's on a horse uh he gets to this smith's house in the middle of the forest um uh shows him a uh dagger and asks if it's his the uh, smith is proud of himself and his ability to basically enchant things um which is a very difficult thing for a blacksmith to do Mm -hmm. and uh, says yes it's this one is mine it's got the stamp on it it's my stamp um and uh this dagger and we can already kind of guess that 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 how this trope works and and the way that it's being presented Mm -hmm. this dagger was used to try and kill the king um and so uh the the blacksmith has to die for for creating the weapon that that was used in that so they they try to kill him and uh, he starts getting away until the herald uses magic to fell a bunch of trees until these bees come out and these bees have sort of been affected by magic um and so they're they're a bit worse they start attacking the smith and then they start attacking the the herald although he uses fire magic to to kill them um and they don't see this the smith he he goes away before like seeing the actual corpse of the smith but it seems pretty obvious that he did die mm-hmm. uh we cut to uh sometime in the future the herald is overseeing that cutting down of the forest um he wants to be he's going to be named after it and he's very uh looking forward to that until these bees appear and uh, when they appear um they have been uh, twisted by magic a little bit and are uh covered in in armor Um, enchanted armor and so Mm. when they they come to attack him the fire uh, that he used before doesn't work and uh, the bees get him and instead of naming the district they name the plague after him
1: Mm -hmm. nice nice so yeah I really do like this this story I mean of of course it is ripe with this sort of world building but at the same time I do like how focused this story is on these small interactions uh and i do like what is being done with with revenge here i mean there seems to be two uh there there seems to be some sort of backstabbing twice first in the herald trying tr- trying to kill the the smith who did make this this weapon but then secondly these these sort of armored bees that seem to be sort of in with this uh smith's power um, and yeah, I think I, I just really like how this story un, unfolded. It didn't go anywhere that I thought it would, but in the best way, really. I mean, I, 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 I really do like where this story ended up. Uh, uh, I, I really do like where this story ended. Um, and I think this is definitely one that I would recommend people go and read for this week.
0: Yeah, it was really, really good. And also, um, another hint was that the uh, the armor was etched with the, the rune of the blacksmith. So, a lot of really great setups and payoffs here. I, mm-hmm. I, I think this was really well executed. Yeah.
1: All right. Up next is by No Goodbye with Poison of Choice. Content m- so, content warning, toxic relationship.
0: And, it, yes, it depicts toxic relationships uh, really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. So, there's these two Subtle. characters. Uh, Bianca, a.k.a. B, is the main character. And... <laughs> Um, Trish, so uh, they're sort of hanging out in the moonlight, uh, taking a moment to to uh, look out, and there's some beautiful prose here uh, describing the the area and things like that. Uh, Trish picked up smoking uh, from her ex, Max, and still hasn't shaken it, <laughs> um, and uh, you know her breath smells like smells like smoke. And um, they're they're talking. Uh, Trish is sort of apologizing, sort of. Um, but like not super emphatically about being difficult, about being a mess and about not trying very hard to be better. Mm-hmm. And, um, so in a, we're in the head of B and she's talking about basically how much effort she puts into Trish and how Trish doesn't really try that much harder to be better and how she's actually been very hurtful to, to B. And, um, Bianca says all the things uh, that she needs to hear, right. That, and, and things that she praises of the truth, uh, that Trish is getting better, uh, that she feels better being with her. Um, and, um, that she's not going anywhere. And, uh, it's really, it's really sad that she's, she feels really trapped in this relationship mm-hmm. with, with Trish, that she can't leave because Trish needs her. Um, and finally at the end, uh, uh, Trish asks if if she can kiss B, and we can tell that B still really really cares about Trish a lot. Um, but they they kiss, and it leaves a bad taste in B's mouth, right? Because mm. of the the smoke, yeah, the sort of self destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, this really resonated with me. I've I've been in a relationship like like this a lot, and uh, every line with the the just just thinking about why they're in the relationship every single one of those was exactly spot on i like i had thought basically those words exactly as they are mm-hmm. um so this was <laughs> written really really well it it resonated extremely powerfully with me
1: definitely and i think um something that's really done well within this story is that focus i mean Uh, there is some great subtext within every line of dialogue Uh, just how the story itself unfolds you can tell where it's been and where it is going and I think this is just a really great snapshot in these two characters lives and sort of how we all know that this probably sadly won't end good but in this in this moment we sort of try to understand why they are still in this relationship. And I mean overall this this story as you said is written very very well. It feels very honest and it feels very close to it feels very close to the to the chest. Um and I and I really do like it for that. So fantastic job.
0: Yeah, and if um anyone is, ends up reading this story by by no goodbye, um or things that they might be in a abusive relationship or relationship that is really tiring and exhausting. Uh, maybe go read the story and if it uh-huh. resonates, um, maybe, think maybe about get out of there. Around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to leave relationships like that. And, um, that's why stories like these are, are so important to get it from an outside perspective uh-huh. or to see someone else being in that and, and think of it from their perspective
1: mm-hmm definitely definitely well all right up up next is wook against the machine with feels like freedom
0: so this is a is, is an interesting story <laughs> um so in, in the beginning here um what's her name what's her main character's name mm. do we have a do we have a name for her let's see uh, it might be just be she i think it's just she um you know what i'm gonna call her prometheus just because uh she she compares herself to prometheus Mm -hmm. um because i I would just look at a name if working as a machine if you hate that um send me an email and i'll apologize directly to you (laughs) (laughs) on live Um, so this girl prometheus she uh is laying on the on the floor in a forest and it's just a beautiful scene she feels happy for the first time in forever Mm -hmm. um and uh, and we really feel it like the the scene really does truly feel happy. It feels joyous, uh, and just super comfortable and and nice. Um, I, I I can't give it its due justice without reading the paragraph. Uh, but it's yeah, it's it's a really good um, perspective perspective on that. And so um, we sort of flash back. She met him um, in a four three uh, course her her boyfriend, and they were together, and they fell in love, and it was wonderful until somehow he was broken or he was already broken and never got better or something was wrong with him and his brokenness made him want to break her too and then one night he did that he did something horrible to her we don't know exactly what it is but something and perhaps they were still together for a while longer um but um like prometheus chained to the rock face she could be bound to his transgression forever, indefinitely regenerating, only to be picked apart again and again, and left to bleed under the unbearably oppressive shadow of that night. So pretty dark. Mm -hmm. So she ran away, um, and then eventually, um, she felt good enough that she could do something about it. And she went back, um, and did something. Uh, And then we get revealed what that is. Uh, Under her, as you know, she's laying on the ground, under her, um, the head, his head, uh, moves uh, in his, his upper lip just above the soil in which he had been so securely planted. So uh, she buried him <laughs> literally in the ground. And so uh, she starts smiling and then she picks up uh, her jar of meat and dumps it on his head and then laughs insanely and then leaves him uh, with the understanding that over the next day or the next night The wolves and the bears will smell the meat and do her job for her. (laughs) And she's happy.
1: Yeah, so very dark uh, story. But I do really love what's being done with uh, Tone here. I mean, it goes from this very joyous, very great, vivid scene of her just being as happy as she possibly beats and then going straight into these darker thoughts that kind of show us her her past all of it to to end in a very twisted and gruesome scene which i did not expect whatsoever so this story really did take me by sir Sir surprise and i mean i love how it is written I, i i i really do love how how much care seems to be taking seems to be taken into each line and I don't know. It's it's a perfect poor trail of effective prose. Um, so honestly, really great job, and I hope you uh, continue to write into us.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it, this was really well executed, and um, it's a, it's yeah, it's a good revenge story.
1: <laughs> well, all right, up up next is Matt
0: said words with the Queen Bee. Um, so D Whitman is. <laughs> A very rich woman. Uh, she uh, lost her uh, marriage and 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 four years of her life building her wonderful mansion, Chateau Monami, which is means like a house of my friend, yeah. more <laughs> or less, castle mm. of my friend. Um, and uh, so it's it's absolutely perfect. It's in Montana, um, huh. overlooking um, a lake and a wonderful forest. And it's it's perfect. It's very close to the forest. That's a very important thing. Um, but there's one problem: is that there's um, one there's a small cottage in which in which Missus Sandra Owen, a eighty uh, year old widow, um, uh, takes care of her garden, and it's sort of just impeding her view. It's bl- it's it's bothering her view. Kind of a a, a classic trope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, eventually, Sandra Owen has fallen on hard times, and her cottage uh, is going to auction. And uh, Dee throws money around and is able to, to purchase it. Two years passed, and uh, she's living the perfect life here. Um, or at least, she thinks she is. Um, the Forestry Service is going to cut down some of the uh, trees to make sure everything's safe. Uh, which is a, a setup that we get paid off. Uh, later, she goes to her bathroom and um, is having a bath when there's a, a thunderstorm Eventually, lightning strikes and actually lights one of the trees on fire, Um, and she goes to uh, call for the fire department, but she slips getting out of the shower and breaks her tailbone, and she's unable to to go anywhere. That's when she sees that all of the trees have little notches inside of them, all facing towards the house, now visible by the fire. Um, And as the trees burn, they start collapsing one after another, 12 in all, into the mansion, um, and setting it ablaze mm-hmm. and burning it to the ground um and in quite a of a, a view of destruction, we finally get one final scene where Sandra Owen is reading the newspaper um, as her nephew uh, tells her what happened um, that, that that somehow this this freak accident killed the millionaire and the multi million dollar house uh, burned to the ground. What hubris. <laughs> uh sandra says be sure and tell john that the queen bee sends her thanks for the service that he and his men have done for this old matriarch and then she goes and takes takes care of her garden
1: Mm -hmm. nice so i really do love this revenge story um is especially because it seems kind of well d deserved i mean it uh feels like the Wicked Witch got a bu- got a bucket of of water thrown on her. You know, it's very satisfying how this story unfolds, um, and really, I enjoy that the the most. And I also really like how how much time is uh, taken to really sort of set up this this, uh, this world. It it does feel a uh, bit slow starting in the beginning, but as the ball keeps keeps rolling. I just really want to know where it is going, and it gets there, and I love it, so really great job
0: mm-hmm. yeah, again, wonderfully uh executed um I love how there's basically a three beat with the with the forest, one where we're like, oh it's perfect to to nice, so close that you feel as if you're in nature mm-hmm. and then we get that beat with cutting down trees. we know that's a setup we know that's a that's a detail for some reason, and then finally they're all going to fall um yeah, it's super, super well done. Mm-hmm. All right. Our final
1: story for this week is by Kamikaze Tomato with When a Bee
0: Stings. Um, so it, this really runs with the theme of bees, uh, starting <laughs> off with how um, they are gentle creatures. They're um, wrath, uh, which I think is, it means something like wrath. Uh-huh. It has to be earned, right? So so you basically, if, if you get killed by a bee, it's kind of your fault. Or not killed by bees, stung by a bee. Um, and when a bee stings, it dies. Um, it sacrifices itself to um, deliver that 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 punishment. So um, he uh, is this noble, this that that sort of um, has this uh, appetite for sweetness and sort of uh, he really loves sweets. Is this noble who owns this giant estate,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that extends. Uh, Sort of subtextually, um, where I I think it's pretty clearly implied, but it never actually said that it extends to women as well. He only has the sweetest women or whatever that means. And sweetness is best homegrown, is what he says. Uh, But for some reason, there's no hives on his estates, no gardens, nothing that even flowers. Yet every morning, there is that same tub of honey filled to the brim. And Mary, our main character, noticed, um and on the day that she was to sting him uh, she wore yellow with a dress of yellow and a black sash Um, and maybe that was actually a a different person not the our our review point character someone who tried to get him before but this other uh, person our main character shows up and uh, when he try, you know tries to make a move on her brushes the hair from her ears grabs at her thighs Um, He feels a prick of a sting on his neck. Um, And uh, we get revealed that uh, our main character was holding a bee and uh, delivered um, a sting, which, uh, you know, he was so careful about getting bees off of his property because of his fear of anaphylactic shock. And uh, he goes into it choking and uh, the guards pull her away and they might, you know, kill her. They might. Um, and he might not even die, mm-hmm. but um, it, when, when a bee stings, it releases a, a pheromone to attack, right? And <laughs> so she's sacrificing herself just like the bee to deliver that little stinging blow, but hopefully um, her alone won't be the, the the last move.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
0: I mean, this, this story was very
1: satisfying. I mean, we set up this sort of sleazy, gluttonous man, and then, and then we're shown all of these, all these bad acts. Um, and towards the end, I think something that that really hit me was those those last few 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 lines. How it sort of goes beyond this this one woman doing this this one task, but that it's sort of this sort of hope, this this sort of spike of hope, kind of like a uh, martyr in a sense. And I and I really do like that that tone and how it's really carried out throughout this, this piece. Uh, and I mean, honestly, I think with this story, maybe if it was to be extended a, a bit and, and a couple of edits done to it, I think this, this story really has great potential and can, and can definitely go somewhere. So fantastic. Great job.
0: Yeah. I really, I, I truly love the, the themes here of, of it's, it's such a well done um echo of of those themes about bees and how it extends in in a couple of directions Mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's really really well done i i I mean it it it, i I really like bees as a as a source for metaphor right they are all women they're basically communists right (laughs) the the queen is not actually the the one like in charge she just does you know an important thing um and she can get you know democratically executed basically right (laughs) amongst other things so there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting things in there to to pull from, and I think uh, this is a, a really uh, well done take on that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe we should do a challenge about just maybe not bees specifically, but like, uh, just you know, metaphors uh, that you can writing derive. writing a story, yeah, from from animals. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I would love that.
0: Well, all right that's all of the stories
1: that we are going to talk about this week but we do and want such,
0: to... such good revenge stories I know all of them
1: were really really well done like I mean all of them were were fantastic rides and I mean I can really tell that over time uh, y'all's writing writing alls writing prowess has definitely up upgraded week to week so I'm so I am so, I'm so glad to see that uh, this podcast is doing some form of good.
0: Um, yeah, and, and I'm just gonna jump in here right now to to say this. I know this is not like perfectly the place, but hey, the uh, do for the right thing contest ends next week. Ooh, all right, yes. So everyone who who wrote for this week and everyone who uh, has listened and has a story in the past uh, or, or or even hasn't written, uh, please absolutely do consider editing a story, setting it in. Even okay, if you don't even have time to to edit you know for whatever reason just just send in a story at least if if you have a story written at all send one in either <laughs> edit it or don't but send one in yeah. right um we want to read your stories and and you know you deserve a a shot at the very least to to show you know your prowess and and things like that and the things that you've done um because we're really really proud of y'all y'all have done such amazing work over the past mm-hmm. it, forever but specifically the past three months it, which is the the, the contest um, but yeah so so the deadline is december 14 uh, mm-hmm. all you have to do is send an email to uh, doofmedia at gmail.com with dtwt contest number two in the subject line that we we can search it ideally please include like uh, the words that you're using and your um, username just so we can attribute it but it's not a big deal if you forget um, i kind of forgot to put that in the rules so not a big deal uh, we already have some sent in I know we received one for to our right thing cast uh, Gmail which is totally fine mm-hmm. um, although prefer to, to do the other one um, uh, yeah so I'm really really excited to see everyone uh, send in their stuff please do uh, I, I mean at yeah everyone who submitted this week like these are s- such great stories you could do one of these or anyone from before um, and um, to submit your story uh, do any prompt uh, including the one from this week. The one from next week will be slightly too late.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Well, all right, let's give a big old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did submit their story this week. So thank you very much to Ace of Sword. Thank you to uh, Kamikaze Tomato. Thank you No Goodbye. Thank you Wook Against the Machine. And thank you Mad Set Words. Thank you so much for leaving your story. Uh, and, and of, of course, for, for those who do choose to, uh, write in to do the right thing, please try and, and remember leaving a comment, uh, on, on, on your story and someone else's story. Leaving a comment not only helps you, uh, basically understand more about your own story, but you are providing someone else with crucial feedback that is, that is necessary to, to make them and you a better writer. So thank you very much to Words on the Wind for leaving two comments. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's just a good way to self-reflect. I saw people leaving comments on their own stories. And re- that That is a really good start. Um, and, and just remember to uh, leave a comment for someone else too. Um, and also, if you haven't written a, a story this week or any other week, consider going in and leaving comments too. They don't have to be you know, whole paragraphs. They can just be basically an acknowledgement to the person that hey i did read it and i like this part or whatever Mm -hmm,
1: definitely if you want to be like all of our wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing you can do that by going to slash r slash do the right thing on reddit all you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story
0: using three of four words from that week that's right um, you can also send us an email at rightthinkcast at gmail.com if you just want to say hi or send in your story if you don't have a Reddit account or whatever else. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can DM us, I'm pretty sure, uh, for announcements uh, as they come out, um, which is at rightthingcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And- or not gmail.com, sorry, just <laughs> at rightthinkcast. it's Twitter. And if you want to
1: support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate whatever money you you may, and that will go towards keeping this this podcast going. And also, if you decide to donate ten dollars or more, you will get access to exclusive you will get access to exclusive bonus content.
0: That's right. So I, I think right now the plan uh for Jarvis and I uh right now it's finals week, so we're not you know doing anything right now, and we are running a little bit behind. We meant to release a uh, one. Last month, we're, um, but right now I think we're planning to do Death Note mm-hmm. and then Steins Gate. Um, after so that, excited. maybe we can we can do both of them this month. Considering we have we have break. Um, true, those true. are. Uh, Death Note is going to be a real doof-over, right? Because uh, uh, the doof-cast did do an episode on Death Note. But Steins Gate has been covered by us, and it's really, really good. It's one of the first anime I, I watched, mm-hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed it. So Yeah, and it's long and
1: trippy, and I'm going to have to brush up on it before we Yes, it's we about report. time travel. Mm, see, those are always confusing. Fun. Wait, have you oh, seen yeah. Erased? No, I have not. Okay, that's going to be... Uh, the doof over after the next two it's like one of my favorite <laughs> okay. animes right now and I think you will really really fuck with it uh, it is a time travel story trying to solve a murder and that's all I'm gonna wow. tell you it's, it's really really hey,
0: good uh, well I have a I have a really niche uh, if we're, maybe we can just make doof over about time travel I have a really niche thing that we could watch uh, it's called back to the future 3 <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it. <laughs> I've actually not seen the second or the third at what? all, actually. Oh yeah, I've only seen the first one. Well the second one is meh but the third one is hilarious. <laughs> okay, good, good. Alright. Um that's all we have for y'all this week. Uh what are the words uh for next week? Also what are we reading for next week? So for for next week we are going to delve into a bit of
1: poetry by by weeding the uh, by reading the weary blues by langston hughes uh and yeah i mean i like really love this a poem and i think for uh next week we will probably be talking about place how to make it super vivid and and really deciding what to keep and what to leave out when it comes to creating place within your own poems or short stories
0: sure and uh we'll get to that next week Mm -hmm. um all right what are the words this week Uh, keeping in mind we'll we'll be doing our words uh uh, our our, our little stories about death
1: Mm -hmm. so the words for this week or so the words for next week are pro proclaim impact archive
0: and resist all right so proclaim which is to uh announce something to to yell something out basically Mm -hmm. um Although you can also, I don't know, do something with pro claim. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know. Like there's something there. Like it's a positive claim. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) Um, Impact, which is when something collides with another. Mm -hmm. Archive, which is to put something into. uh, So an archive is a place where information is stored over time Mm -hmm. or any, usually some sort of thing with information. Yeah. Um, And to archive is to put something in there uh, for longevity. And resist, which is to um, push back against some oppressive force, I think. Mm-hmm, definitely. Or s- opposing force, even. So, what's... I think st- oppressive is actually pretty correct, because it's always, like... Yeah. You're resisting something that is more powerful, yeah. usually. Yeah. So, uh, what story are you going to be writing for next week? Um, so, I didn't think about this at all, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be writing, of course, about a uh, rebellion, a resistance movement... Um, that uh, made a great impact upon an empire when um, they proclaimed that the emperor was canceled. And uh, they sent an assassin to stab him in the chest. (laughs) Uh, But according to the archives, it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) or or or, plot twist uh the emperor didn't die however 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 there's rumors that the assassin replaced the emperor
1: oh let him go with an exact
0: copy but homosexual
1: whoa I kind of dig that. I can see myself reading a uh, three novel series on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so my story isn't going to be as grand as yours, um, but it's but it will deal with the death of the universe. You see, oh,
0: no. that's pretty fucking grand, Jarvis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, But you see, far off in the far future, after after humankind has reached the stars and, and beyond, on this humble little rock that we currently call Earth, the skies finally parted. And the one true God, the one true king, came down on her golden staircase to proclaim the end of all. Now, most people didn't really heed these 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 warnings. In fact, they went on about their their day, because why? Because why should they believe the words of, of a god that they've long stopped believing in? And you see, this mass re resistance to the end is what actually created this such end. You see, God, she's peaceful most of of the time. She. Sets things in, in motion and watches how they impact her chosen species. But she has been keeping ledgers of all those who have actively gone uh, against her. Kept safe in her grand archive. So as soon as the first tiny voices started to rebel against this true god. She just went down the 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 list and every name that she spake into egg into egg uh, into existence ceased to exist nevermore down the the list she went jonathan davis poof, gone trevor noah poof, gone <laughs> everyone and everything <laughs> the godless heathens in in her great book poof gone nevermore Never Bill Mayer. Bill gone. Bill Meyer Tom Richard Segura. Dawkins. Pop and <laughs> they all left because they never truly w- were until the wow. until the entire expanse of the stars became a black void for there were no human eyes to validate the glow of the stars
0: Bummer. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we all gotta die. Would you say that when she made the list, it was a list of people who were naughty or nice? Yes, and she. Would you say that she checked it twice? I think twice, maybe maybe three times, yeah. just to make sure everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that would be that would be the right thing to do. To that Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. Oh wait, no, I already fucked it up. I'm not Matthias anymore. <laughs> um Fuck. Alexandra, thank you. Yeah, let me let me go <laughs> What
1: about I'm so what about it? <laughs>